Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 11, where we discuss how rail service and performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northey, and I'm joined, as always, by Milk Proye of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So we're into Grain Week 11. Um, had the report come out last Friday. How did it look for CNCP this um, week 11? Well, CP is much the same story as CP has been all year. Uh, really good. Uh, again, in week 11, 99% order fulfillment. And pretty much week in and week out, they're bouncing between 99 and 100%. So there's not a lot to say about them other than they've been good. Uh, CN uh, improved in week 11. They had a bit of a stumble, if you will, in week 10 when they turned in their worst performance of the year by a, a little bit when they fell below 80% order fulfillment, but they clawed back a little bit of that in week 11, came in at 83%, which was nice to see. Um, and frankly, you know, they improved uh, in the exact area that was the source of their uh, poor performance in week 10, and that is in the West Coast corridors to Vancouver and Prince Rupert. So week 11, they were much better there, particularly to Prince Rupert, which was disastrous in week 10 for them. My memory says they were about 57% on time order fulfillment for Rupert in week 10. So big improvement there. Um, having said that, though, uh, you know, the unevenness or lack of consistency of good performance across corridors um, remains. Uh, this week, it was Thunder Bay. So in week 10, uh, they performed very well in going to Thunder Bay, not so well going to Vancouver and Prince Rupert. And this week, this or in week 11, this, the script has flipped, did much better going to the West Coast and Thunder Bay, not so much with only 66% order fulfillment in week 11. This has been a pretty consistent theme for CN uh, so far this year, the inconsistent or uneven performance. You know, the problem areas, uh, for the most part, seem to move around week to week, um, other than we have a, a bit of a sore spot in Alberta, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, but, you know, they really haven't had a week through the first 11 weeks uh, where they've performed well in all corridors, which is a little, I guess, disconcerting that, um, you know, they seem to be able to do well in some places some weeks, but they never seem to be able to do well in all places in the same week. So that's a little bit concerning. Makes one think about whether or not they've got capacity issues, whether that's, you know, cars or crews, wouldn't think it's cars, um, you know, so they're moving stuff around, which is why the problem moves around. But So that's what we've seen so far. Yeah, the in inconsistency is always a bit of a problem. It must be, it's harder for you know, shippers for anybody really to plan an environment where you really don't know what you're going to get week to week uh, when you're trying to connect your supply chains and connect with customers overseas. And it can just be so, so variable. So definitely something that, uh, you know, we've always identified as, as an issue within the, the rail network for, for many years and something that remains with us, unfortunately. Provincially, uh, as you mentioned, Alberta, we've had a pretty consistent issue or CNs had a consistent issue yeah i mean corridor. what did it look over, like this year 
overall performance uh, in the provinces, as you'd expect, um, rose in week 11. Uh, I mean, I think Saskatchewan maybe dropped by a hair, but, um, you know, order fulfillment across all three of Prairie provinces was 80% or better in week 11. Um, so they kind of follow along with the improvement in system performance, which is what you would expect. However, having said that, you know, Alberta, which did see much better performance at 80%, they were on, you know, the short end of the stick, if you will, again, with CN uh, of the three provinces, they saw the worst, although it was much, much better than what they saw the week before, which was 69%. And going back to my comment earlier on the driver of CN's improvement, you know, on a system basis, for Alberta, it's all about the West Coast, right? Most of their shipments go to Vancouver, go to Prince Rupert. So if performance is bad in those corridors, Alberta tends to see poor performance. If performance is good in those corridors, Alberta tends to see uh, good performance. And in week 11, it was, you know, better than in week 10. But um, they have been now for a number of weeks, consistently the worst performer across the three provinces for CN. So this, this uh, recurrence of poor performance in Alberta, the Peace Region, you know, is, is concerning because when you see a problem like that stick week after week after week, you start to think that there is some kind of a, a systemic issue there. Um, and in all likelihood, it's probably a crew issue because that's, that's just the way uh, those things tend to happen when you have, you know, a problem that is localized and is localized consistently. So nobody's saying that, uh, certainly not CN, but, you know, based on my experience, I would say there's a high likelihood that they're having uh, crew issues. Yeah, uh, interesting, Mill. thanks. Uh, and I think it's uh, been a reoccurring theme, as you say, this uh, issues we're having in Alberta, something we'll have to explore a bit more in future podcasts as well. But what, what may be behind that? Um, so something we looked at in previous episodes were the grain plans. Uh, we talked at length about CNCP. They're required to publish grain plans, which outline how they plan to move grain through the year. I thought it'd be a good opportunity now to, to take a look at whether um, the performance against the plan. You know, this is how we like to be able to measure whether things are going well. So we, we know through the first 11 weeks uh, what the railway's performance has been week to week. How have they stacked up against the grain plan? Let's uh, start with CP. might be a pretty easy uh, explanation, but but let's take a look. Milt, how has how CP so far delivered against their proposed plan? Well, they've been great. I mean, the, the commitment level with respect to uh, assets, you know, and in this business, it's about how many cars are the railways going to spot each week for green shippers that are supplied by the railway, which is separate than private cars, obviously. Um, you know, the commitments for both railways are roughly the same as far as the number of cars that they say that they will spot. CP has, you know, knocked it out of the park to use an expression. Um, they're basically meeting 99 to 100% of demand um, every week through the first 11 weeks. In eight of those weeks, they haven't carried a single order, unfilled order over to the following week. And even in the three weeks where they had um, orders to carry over, they were, you know, uh, small. So, I mean, they're not obviously spotting 5,300 cars a week, 
um, because the demand is not there for 5,300 cars a week. But what they are doing is they're spotting pretty much everything that shippers are asking them to spot. So from a performance to plan perspective, you know, that's a win for CP. So let's turn our attention on CN then. As you say, they had similar um, planned capacity for each week or car, car supply for each week. Uh, I think it's, as we've been saying for weeks, it's a bit of a different story for you, for, for CN. Um, how have they stacked up against their plan, Milton? Uh, well, not as well as shippers would like them to, I think. Um, it always seems to be a bit of a different story for CM. <laughs> seems to be a theme that we've talked about over a couple of years now. Um, but just to refresh people's memories, their plan, much like CP's, basically says uh, that they commit to spot, you know, on a system basis, somewhere around 54 to 5,500 uh, railway supplied hopper cars each week. So when you look at Ag Transport Coalition shippers, which account for about 90 to 95% of the grain originating in Western Canada. That translates to roughly 5,000 to 5,200 cars a week. So through the first 11 weeks, you know, demand on CN from shippers has not even come close to those numbers so far this year. I mean, we've talked a number of times on this podcast about how demand is down quite sharply this year from last and even trailing the three-year average. So it hasn't been a question that CN's commitment to plan has been challenged significantly because it just hasn't because shippers have not been ordering that many cars. Through the first 11 weeks, they're only ordering about 3,200 cars a week on average. And the highest single week that CN has faced from ATC shippers is 4,500 cars. And that was in week seven. So well below, you know, CN's quote unquote commitment to spot 5,000 or 5,200 empties in a week. Despite this though, CN, um, you know, is not making the grade, if you will. And they're falling short of shipper demand as low as it is and far short of what they had committed to do in their grain plan. So through the first 11 weeks, they're only spotting about 3,000 cars a week on average. Now, that some very low weeks in August, obviously, that are influencing that average. But only twice in the first 11 weeks have they physically spotted more than 4,000 cars in a week for ATC shippers. So looking at are they meeting their plan in terms of absolute cars being spotted is not the right metric in this case because demand is nowhere near what the capacity commitment is. So the right way to look at this is, are they spotting the demand that they are getting? And the answer to that is not really. Um, through 11 weeks, uh, they're averaging about 86% on time order fulfillment each week. And that has had quite a range in it, a low of 79%, which was uh, in week 10, a high of 96%. Uh, but only three times in 11 weeks have they gotten themselves above the 90% order fulfillment threshold. So, you know, falling far short of, of what they said they would be able to do in their grain plan 
and falling short of what customers are asking them to do, even though that's far less than what CN says they plan for. So we know there's lots going on at CN, unfortunately, and, and not much of it good. Um, much of it spurred by this quote unquote boardroom battle that's going on with an activist shareholder, which has led to you know, some pretty nasty job cuts here, both in management and in train operations for CN in recent weeks. Um, the, resig or the retirement, let's use the term used in public media, the retirement of JJ Rue, which is apparently going to take effect in uh, January of 2022. So that's creating a lot of noise in that organization. It's creating a lot of distraction in that organization. And I, I, I do believe that you're seeing some of that reflected in the performance. Um, the bigger concern, though, is always about what's coming. And in this case, winter is coming. So if they're not making the grade on demand right now, that is averaging about 60% of what they committed to do in their grain plan. And they're doing that under what one would consider very favorable railroading conditions, you know, through the back end of the summer and into the fall. There's been really no adverse weather out west in particular. Um, you know, what, what does that say about where performance is going to go when winter comes? And as we all know, winter comes every year in Alberta. We already have that feeling and we're probably going to be looking at snow here in the next couple of weeks. So if CN's not performing now, it's probably not a promising uh, sign for what's going to come in the months ahead. Yeah, thanks, Milt. It's, it is really quite striking the, the difference between the two rail, railways. Obviously, the lower demand has, has resulted in a lot of you know, adjustments by, by both railways and how to manage that, how to manage their capacity, how to manage you know, how, they, how they'll deal with, with an expected lower demand. You know, one has done exceptionally well, one hasn't. And you know, it really leads to the question, I think, as we've explored here, what, why is one falling short of this? Um, and especially falling short of, you know, the commitment they had or the, that they plan to do, yet they still can't, can't meet it even when that demand isn't there. So as you say, we'll definitely be watching through the winter as we get into more challenging conditions um, each week. Well, thanks a lot, Mel. Really appreciate your time again today. For those who would like to see the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye.